Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a calm conversation that's meant to have you drift off, relax, chill, cool it out, and who knows, maybe even find your way to sleep. Thank you for choosing our podcast to help you there. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. I'm Amanda Barker. Amanda, mm-hmm. so you and I have had quite a weekend and we're we've chilled so much that now we're tired from chilling. Yeah, there's a very famous Canadian song called Home for a Rest. And that's kind of how we feel. Although I don't I mean really we were just chilling out, but I don't know, we both seem a little bit zonked from zonked. It. I think part of it is we didn't do our normal like clean the house before we leave thing cuz we just wanted to leave. Yeah. Which which served us on the front end, mm-hmm. but not as much on the back end. Right. So I kind of feel as though we came home and there was a lot of cleaning I wanted to do, and now I'm I didn't do it all. So and now you're a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. And I can I can help with the cleaning tomorrow. I was at work uh, this morning, but before we get to any of that, we mm. actually got to attend a field function? What would you call that event that we went to? I mean, I like that term. I don't think that's what it was called. It was called the Georgian Bay Festival. Right. And so the Georgian... A field, colon, a field, a function in a field. It was very hot. It was very hot. And they basically set this up in a farmer's field and they set up a bunch of different booths representing different... um, programs in the Georgian Bay area, different I think um, so, yeah. it was a owners. Fair. It was a fair. It was so a could... fair. So there were there was um, you know, some blow up slides and things for kids. Our friend it's had a magic um, yeah. show. Well, or they... a magic sh- uh, not a show. Actually well, they... they should have had him doing a show now. He was think. doing shows. Like shows at the booth. At the booth, but you could you could either purchase magic um, props or uh, book him for magic. Has he been Festival. a guest on the show? No, I've asked, and I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to ask till oh, I get him to okay. be a guest. So he is a magician, there. obviously, and uh, he does like birthday parties and camps and virtual parties and things like and that. And performances too. We saw him perform. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah. But we'll get to that in a Very moment. Very good magician, actually. And then you bought at this Georgian Bay Festival. I did. You bought some beeswax wraps. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize I was going to talk about it or I would have had the company in front of me, but her name was Pam Green and she was very nice from Collingwood, Ontario. 
and she had um, some beeswax wraps. Now, I have a history with beeswax wraps. I suppose we should talk about what they are, though. For sure, you should talk about what they are. <laughs> so a beeswax wrap, for those who are not in the beeswax wrap community. I didn't realize there was a community of beeswax wrappers. Now. Okay, just, Yeah, I'm sure there is. Um, it's one of the wonderful sort of byproduct things that people have been making with with bee and honey and, and wax products. But essentially what they are is they're cloth that have been coated in wax and I guess also a type of resin. Um, and they are malleable. So you can use them to instead of um, saran wrap saran wrap or what the Brits would call cling film, that kind Tin of thing. Tin foil. Yeah, any any disposable product that you would use. Um, to preserve food or, you know, to put on the top of a cake or a casserole or whatever. Uh, you can use this, and it's just cloth, all natural materials, and then you can simply hand wash it and reuse it again. And it has – now, here's my history. Now, when you say it's cloth, it's actually waxed cloth. Mm -hmm. So it's a stiff cloth. So it's not like, you know – a scarf you could wrap around your neck. It's a stiff cloth that goes over the item that you're going to cover. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. So I had bought, or actually I had gotten some in a trade. They were brand new. I think they were homemade. Um, and I had traded something for them. And I was really excited to get them, the ones I have. But they never really worked particularly well. So I kind of thought, oh, I don't know if these are worth the hype. And then she was selling some and hers, you know, on the display looked like they were working very well. So she showed me a few tricks on how to use them. And I definitely think hers are a superior product. And so, so far, I'm very happy with my, my new purchase. Well, you mentioned the tricks that she showed you. I think mm -hmm. you should share that with our listeners for anyone who has the beeswax wraps. So when you get one, you have to give it a good stretch, I guess, to sort of get it used to or activate the mole the stretchy molecules, I guess. I'm not a scientist. And stretch on the diagonal. Yeah. So not you would stretch a good tug. on the two points. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she did that and said once you kind of stretch it a bit, you kind of train it that it's going to do that and then you you can wrap it around and that did work. So I uh, I was really grateful for that and uh, yeah, so far so good. You can't heat them up. I thought you could, but I guess that means all the wax and the resin drips off. So you you don't want them too hot. But I thought the key was to heat them up to, to kind of form them. But if they're good, you shouldn't have to, I guess. I see. I see. Yeah. One of the interesting things that I learned from the product that you purchased was that once you're done with them, once they're they've lived their life, you can bury them and they will disintegrate. And or if you start fires, if you have like a fire pit or a barbecue or say a fireplace, you can ignite that as a starter for your fireplace. That part I get behind because it's probably all cotton fiber mm -hmm. and then covered in wax. So that that checks out to me. But I don't know about the berry. Yeah, that's what it, it said on the... Really? Yeah, I, I read it. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Well, in any event. Um, yeah, I mean, I would think it would be the same as you would get rid of any fabric, you know? Which is to say, you know, uh, that it would hopefully disintegrate. And I think this one here is all natural. I, I, yeah. I'm pretty certain I read that. It w I would think it would be, yeah. I'm a, I think they're all cotton, yeah. Yeah. 
And we also ran into three wonderful individuals at the Georgian Bay Festival, Mm -hmm. and they represent the Southern Georgian Bay Airboat Rescue. So they're trying to get airboats for the Georgian Bay area to help. An airboat, I believe. An airboat. Yeah. An airboat. Boat. I can't even say it. An airboat. Say an it air five times fast. It's almost like boat. a uh, tongue twister. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to get an airboat for safety on Georgian Bay, and they're raising funds for it. And they were very lovely. We met Kevin, Chrissy, and Bree. And Bree. Yeah. And they were fantastic. They and were had... a very fun trio, and we were excited to meet them. They were excited about this podcast, which was always fun to connect, and. Um, You know, we've talked about Georgian Bay quite a bit on this podcast, but for those who don't know the area, it is, and there is some debate in this relationship, but it is part of Lake Huron, um, obviously one of the Great Lakes. And uh, and it's the northernmost Great Lake, right? Lake Huron? No. Lake Superior is the Is the most, oh, because that's the one Thunder Bay is on, Right. And Lake Superior is the biggest Great Lake? I believe so. That's why it's superior. Hence the name. Yeah. Well, this is the Huronest. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it's um, it's uh, part of Lake Huron, but it's its own little part of Lake Huron. It kind of connects to it. I mean, it does connect to it, it's, and it's its own bay. So Georgian Bay, there's a lot of homes and cottages. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous part of Canada, and we are lucky enough to spend a lot of time up there, not as much as we always want to. But we were lucky enough to spend the last few days there and to attend this festival. And the Tay Township, which is one of the townships in Georgian Bay, um, has sort of granted these volunteers the ability to raise funds to get a air, air, an airboat. So an what air they boat. were telling us, what mm-hmm. uh, Chrissy and Kevin and Bree were telling us, was that there isn't. Um, there isn't one up there. They don't have access to an airboat, and that's really needed on the lake um, when people need an airboat, you know, um, for all the things you can imagine. Right, of course. Obviously, any calls or... Sure, yeah. sure. And so they're raising funds, and I said I would mention it on our podcast. So you could go to www.sgbearboat.com rescue.com and I'll have it in our show notes and if you want to donate to them I'm sure they would appreciate it but they're making that waterway safer that bay safer so thank you to them yeah I just like the idea of a cause that has such a tangible goal you know where they're really going to help probably save a lot of lives and and help a lot of people who who need it up there so yeah and you love being on a boat Amanda whether it be a, a pontoon or a cruise ship. Cruise ship. I lived on some, yeah. A houseboat is is something I want to live on. You were feeling a little sad not too long ago, so we went for a drive to look at houseboats. We did. And uh, there's a little houseboat community in Toronto of 24 houseboats. That's all that they've given the ordinance to have. I don't think there'll ever be any more. And so it's a tiny little community. In um, Scarborough, the, the eastern part of Toronto, right on the water, on Lake Ontario. Another one of the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's, I, I kind of spy when the boats go for sale and check and see if anyone's 
bought them, and uh, there's two boats that have been for sale, and both of those sales have been terminated. Nobody bought them. And so Amanda has her so eye on I those have, boats. <laughs> there's one in particular that's that's very charming, but it's quite small. I don't think it would be quite a downsize for you and I. However, it would be possible. I don't know all the rules. I think it would be quite hard to live in a houseboat in the middle of January, but it, but not impossible. They do. Um, it's a shame that we don't have more houseboats because in the UK, mm-hmm. there's a lot of houseboats one can purchase or make and have a home on the water. And I think that's lovely. It's like I said, it's a dream of mine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like cozy, a well-appointed cozy space. I'm also very into bunkies, which are little cabins that people build on their land. Um, that And they're like little tiny homes. And everyone knows I I love myself a tiny home. And of course, houses and vans are a big pastime of mine. This is what I look at when I want to relax. I build a little bunkie in my brain or van or what my ideal houseboat would be like. And what do I do when I want to relax? Eat chocolate? I don't know. Oh, for sure. Now, what what do you do? I don't know. That's a good question. I have to sort of... You like British TV. I love British TV. Love it. But I think when I want to relax, I... I tend to either scroll Instagram. I don't think that that is relaxing. No, you're right. But that's what I do. Yeah. Well, I think that's what all of us do, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know what I do. For me, I don't really scroll Instagram, but I do scroll Facebook. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think it's all more or less the same. Fair enough. Really, for what it does to your brain or stimulates or whatever. I like to watch shows, predictable shows. That's what I do to relax. Mm -hmm. I watch very predictable shows. Reruns of things. Reruns of things. I love a, a rerun of MASH. Um, and things like that, things that I know what's going to happen and just kind of can pay attention to or drift off. That's mm-hmm. that's one of my go-tos, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't find MASH relaxing at all, although I think it is a decent, I mean, more than decent. It was obviously a landmark show. Hey, we missed the Emmys, by the way. I know. It was the other day and we did not, we were going to watch them and then we didn't. I didn't get as much done as I wanted to today, but I was able to cook dinner, however... I ended up with a bit of a a battle wound. And Amanda had a little slight burn on her yeah, arm. A little water burn. So it wasn't so bad, but uh, I'm just icing it. I might just take a moment here and put a little ice on it. So stand by. Much better. It's well, I'm glad, I'm glad, you know, if there's one lesson to learn from Amanda's little mishap in the kitchen, it's when you're pouring hot water, never pour towards yourself, right? Yeah, Amanda? and I know that too. And I don't know. I was making a gravy and using a bit of the uh, water that I had boiled potatoes in to thicken the gravy. Starchy Just, water. Starchy water, yeah. Uh, I was not trying to use too much. and uh, But I had a, a secure lid on the, th- on the pot that I was pouring from, and it has a little spout, so... But anyways, I poured it in my direction. I should have poured it away. So live and learn. What a great name for a band, Starchy Water. Starchy Water? Starchy Water. I feel like they were great in the 70s. Yeah, we're going to a Starchy Waters concert tonight. (laughs) Yeah. um, We we drove in some fog at night. Coming back from Georgian Bay. coming, Coming back from Georgian Bay. And it's kind of soothing and mysterious when you're driving through that kind of fog. Um, And that can be relaxing too, picturing yourself driving through 
country roads, foggy mm-hmm. roads, and fog oh, is lovely, especially this time of year. Like fog and a tea, it's kind of a lovely thing, isn't it? Oh, of course. You know, have you ever been on a on a gondola or something that's going up? I've and, never been on a gondola. I don't think. Well, a gondola is like uh, not a oh. gondola like in Venice, but I'm talking about a gondola. Although. I think I've been on a gondola in Venice in the morning when there was fog. That's hilarious. So it's possible. But I was picturing like, you know, those gondolas that take you up mountains, like the one we were in in Banff. Finicular. Yeah. Those. Yeah. Going through fog or through the clouds. Have you ever done that? I have. I'll tell you, when I was in Hong Kong, um, I went to Lantau Island and saw the, the, the huge Buddha there. I mean, that's what. Lantau Island it is, is basically a monastery with this um, huge Buddha. And it is so big that often when you look up at it, you can't see the head. Oh, I see. Because it's in the clouds. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, because it's pretty cloudy. It can, be, it can be cloudy there. And so the day that I went, um, we couldn't see the head when we first got there. But you, you can, uh, do we climb up? I don't know if you climb up. To see the head. I don't know how we did that. But anyway, I think we do, though. I think it's, like, behind it on the mountain or whatever. And uh, it was a very long time ago that I went. And uh, it eventually lifted, but it's quite heavenly. You know, sure. the statue, like, when it when the face starts peeking through the clouds, it's, it's quite something. Speaking of fog and transportation, so remember when I was just talking about being on a gondola? Mm-hmm. in fog. Mm-hmm. Well, I used to be a tour guide in Europe, in mm-hmm. Italy in particular, and it was on bicycles and hence why I was in these different cities. But one of the areas that I was a tour guide in is Piemonte, which is the northwest part of Italy. And if you know the city of Torino, it's in that area. Mm-hmm. But the reason I bring it up, Amanda, is we would be doing cycling tours. right? And we would cycle in the morning. And the areas of Piemonte that we were cycling through are known for, as you might imagine, their vineyards and their wines. Mm -hmm. So there's a wine that comes from that area. And the grape, the reason that area is so prized is they have a grape that grows there called a nebbiolo. And nebbiolo, nebbia means um, fog and mist and clouds. Oh, I didn't know that. Nebbia means means. I believe fog, yes. And uh, so you're, you're, and because of the foggy, wet, moist air, mm-hmm. it really feeds these grapes, right? And mm-hmm. hence they grow in that area. And you get wines like Barolo, Barbaresco, Barbera from that area. But I'm digressing right now. No, but I'm enjoying it. I, I, I want to learn more about wines. But my, the point of my story is not about wine. It's about fog. Mm-hmm. So... Um, when we would do these tours, we would get up at early in the morning. I would get all the bicycles ready for our guests. Mm-hmm. They would hop on the bikes, and we would ride our bikes through various vineyards. Okay. But in the early morning, it was very foggy. Right, right. So you would be driving through these foggy vineyards, and you would actually see the fog lift from the vineyards. And so you'd be riding through these misty, fog-laden vineyards and you'd see the fog lift amanda and it was quite a sight to see then the sun would come out and you would you would see um paragliders gliding from the top of a mountain they would just be gliding wow. past Can some you of imagine? the yeah it was really would you fantastic. ever do that would you go paragliding 
No, probably not. That's not for me. I'd like to do that. You, that's more your speed for sure. Um, my drive, I used to live on the St. John River in New Brunswick, as we know. And I have a feeling we're going to get to a foggy part of the story. Well, we would drive along the river and along any river, really, in the morning, especially like a, a crisp sort of end of August morning because it starts to get cool there. Certainly in September, there would be quite a fog in the fall that would lift off the river. And especially in the fall with the foliage, all the the bright reds and oranges and yellows um, as a backdrop to this gorgeous still river. And then this huge fog would be gorgeous. And you would just drive through the mist. It was amazing. I remember one time I was on the... The I was on the Atlantic Ocean, actually, in Halifax, and I was whale watching with a good friend, Leslie Seiler, who's been on the podcast, and her folks. And it was foggy. And, we, and you know, you want to whale watch, but it was so foggy you could barely see a few feet in front of you. So we weren't really seeing whales. But it was really quite neat to be on the water in Halifax, and it was gray. And then all of a sudden, Leslie's father points and says, whale and there's a whale right next to the boat and the whale kind of comes up and you can see the whale wow. above the fog you see the whale's eye and the oh whale my gosh, you saw and, the eye yeah i saw the eye wow. close to the boat and it was very maj- majestic and it was just wonderful it was a wonderful wonderful experience i would like to go whale watching is this why we've never been because you already went yeah, I saw what I needed to see. <laughs> Although we did see whales at least once when we worked and lived on a cruise ship together. Right? Because we have a friend who we say has a whale eye. That's right. Michelle Miracle, who's also been on the show. I'm just name dropping everyone who's I know, been on the we show. we do that sometimes. But, but um, she, anyway, she, she has spotted a whale, whale. eye. We were just, there's just a normal day at sea and she spotted some whales. Yeah. Yeah. And we say she has a whale eye, which she's not a big fan of us saying that. But instead of saying eagle eye, we now say you have a whale eye. Because if you can spot a whale on the ship, from the ship, you've yeah, got a great eye. water, yeah. I remember on that ship, we would, we would come into Florida. And as we were coming into Florida, it was early, early in the morning. I would get up as we were getting right to the tip of Florida and traveling alongside Florida. And it would often be foggy. And uh, that, that was my foggy experience. Well, on the boat. We, we actually, you know, when you work on water and live on water, you do experience quite a bit of fog. And I don't know if you remember some of the mornings coming in because we were docked in New York City and then coming into New York City with the Statue of Liberty kind of encased in fog. Oh, that's that cool. was really yeah. neat. Yeah. Uh, and Bar Harbor, Maine was always foggy. Oh, I don't think we went there once where it wasn't. But yeah. that's kind of the charm of mm-hmm. Maine is a foggy day in Maine. Absolutely. With a wool sweater. Yeah, for sure. And a mug of coffee or tea. Oh, wow. That sounds amazing. And a grilled cheese sandwich sizzling in the background. Uh Okay, I don't. I didn't see that one coming, okay. but sure. I would have a lobster roll, not a grilled cheese sandwich, if I'm in Bar Harbor in this fantasy. Sure. I think we can dream bigger than grilled cheeses, can't we? Yeah, of course we can. We need to stop talking about food. <laughs> then again, um, we're talking foggy day food. I'm trying to think of... Um, I've been to the Foggy Dew pub many times. <laughs> the Foggy Dew? I guess fog does happen more with the dew. It's a... That's a, it's like a natural phenomenon, right? Mm-hmm. Where it sort of, sorry, that's my pen, uh, lifts up. I've been doodling about fog as we've been are talking. You, are you doodling pictures of fog? I am, yeah, of like sort of foggy, 
uh, like a foggy scene mm-hmm. over a countryside. Because that it's true, fog tends to be a country phenomenon, doesn't it? I think country and water. Like I think yeah. I, whenever I think of lighthouses, I always picture them in foggy, then foggy again, weather, right? Because we don't really have fog in the city, but we do have smog. True. And we don't really have lighthouses in this city. Well, we have a couple, don't we? I don't know. Do we? Didn't we? I thought we had a lighthouse in the city. I don't think so. No? What city were we in when we were, we kind of walked all the way to the end to see a lighthouse? Oh. It was in the States, and I feel like it was... Tel Aviv? No. All those lighthouses of Tel Aviv, I don't think there are. Um, I'm trying to think. We walked to the end of the city to see a lighthouse? Like the end of a road that took us there. And it was just... Well, we were, we were in the S- Scarborough Bluffs, and we were trying to. Oh, yeah, maybe Martha's Vineyard. That's possible, because yeah. we went to the very end tips of Martha's Vineyard. I think there was a lighthouse at mm-hmm. the tip, so we really wanted to get there and see it. It was always my dream to live in a lighthouse, a la Pete's Dragon. They lived in the lighthouse in Pete's Dragon. So I've always wanted to live in a lighthouse. I'll put that on with the houseboat and the tiny home and the bunkie in the van. I would also like to live in a lighthouse. Wow, you want to live in a lot of places. I do. A girl can dream. Sure, there's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes when you dream, you dream in fog. <laughs> this has been the foggy episode, Amanda. I didn't think it was going to go there, but that's no, where we either. went. Um, once again, we will put the um, e- the website for that airboat in case you want more information with regards to that. Which will be very helpful if you're out on Georgian Bay and the fog comes in quick on Georgian Bay. That's the thing about fog. It comes in quick. It sure does. And it can go as quick. Yeah. You'll be completely encased in it and then it could dissipate in the next second. You never know. And my thing about Georgian Bay, this is why we often get into a debate, is Mm -hmm. I think Georgian Bay sits on its own. It doesn't have to be referenced to Huron Lake. Or Lake Huron, I should say. But you, because you, you maintained it wasn't part of Lake Huron. You were like, no, no, it's not Lake Huron. It's Georgian Bay. Yeah, because we just refer to it as Georgian but Bay. But now like, you're saying it doesn't need to be referenced. Yeah, because the Gulf of Mexico, one doesn't say the Pacific Ocean. You just say the Gulf of Mexico is in the Pacific Ocean. But when you talk about the Gulf of Mexico, you talk about it as the Gulf of Mexico. But you didn't, I don't even think you believed it was in Lake Huron for a long time. You were like, no, it's not part of Lake Huron. It's not in Lake Huron. It is a tributary from Lake Huron. Lake 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 Huron Huron feeds into it. Part of Lake, no, it's part of Lake Huron. When you draw Lake Huron on a map, I don't know how relaxing this is, Marco. This is our longest debate, by the way, folks, in our marriage. When you draw Lake Huron on a map, Georgian Bay is part of it. It is part of Lake Huron. It but is part of the Great Lakes. My my feeling is since you refer to the Gulf of Mexico as the Gulf of Mexico, you refer to the Georgian Bay as Georgian Bay. So when you get shrimp from the Gulf of Mexico. Tasty. What what type of shrimp are those? Gulf of Mexico shrimp. They're not Pacific shrimp or Atlantic shrimp? No, they're Gulf of Mexico shrimp. Did I just did I say Gulf of Mexico was part of the Pacific earlier? It is, isn't it? No, it's, it's part of the Atlantic. No, I think it's the Pacific. Oh no. Amanda's gonna have tomato, to Tomato tomato. No, it's not tomato tomato. They're two different oceans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think No, we're not supposed to laugh, Marco. I'm sorry. Especially not at the end. No, it is totally part of the Atlantic. I think you said Pacific. 
Oh, did I say Pacific? Yeah, or I did. No, I must have said it. Well, anyways, it's not. It's part of the Atlantic, but in your mind, it's part of its own thing. It's the Gulf of Mexico. It's it, exactly. So there you go. Bodies of water debate. Well, maybe my my brain was a bit foggy there. So mm-hmm. on that note, I think. Yes, it is definitely part of the Atlantic, so I'm sorry I got that wrong. Um, I think it's best to leave the episode there, Amanda. Thank you so much for being a part of it today. Thank you for everyone who listened. And, of course, we hope you were able to listen and sleep. sleep.